and welcome to another episode of Two Guys and a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Today's film Craig picked out for us. It is the uh, 1982 film The Amityville Horror 2, The Possession. This is the sequel to The Amityville Horror 1 uh, from way back in 1970. I want to say 74, but it might actually be 78. And I remember seeing that film. I have seen that film. That was a popular film at its time, mm-hmm. even though it's an incredibly boring movie. Yeah, right? Oh I mean, my I, gosh. That's, it's so boring. And uh, it's just unfortunate because, like, James Brolin is in it and he's totally hot. And, like, there's other good, <laughs> there's other good actors in it. And, like, it's well acted, but it's just boring. It's, it's a top shelf movie. It is a top shelf yeah. movie with all of the budget and acting and direct everything behind. Even Lalo Schifrin does the soundtrack, who also did the soundtrack to this film, uh, which I was pleasantly surprised to see. Mm-hmm. And Lalo Schifrin like does amazing soundtracks. He's the guy behind, like for example, the Mission Impossible theme song. He's the only thing that carries forward into this movie. This movie seemed to be a, a much later attempt to capitalize on the Amityville mania, I guess, that was sweeping the nation (laughs) at that time. And this, this movie is nothing if not a wild, crazy ride. (laughs) Uh, Totally. And I like, I couldn't believe, okay. So the whole reason that I picked this movie is because I saw an article on bloody disgusting.com about how Amityville two is a way better movie than Amityville one. And I read the article and I was like, how have I not seen this movie? Like I watch as much horror as I can. And even just when we were adolescents going to the video store, these Amityville movies would pop up on the video store shelves all the time. Like every couple of years there would be a new one Um, and I would rent them. But I guess in 82, I was only three. (laughs) So uh, I I guess it was a little too early. And I, you know, I I watched a bunch of those sequels. I don't remember much about them. I know there was one about like a a haunted clock and there was one about a haunted dollhouse. And I remember enjoying them. They were really schlocky and and silly and stupid, but, you know, kind of fun to watch. But somehow I never got around to watching this one. And, you know, it is a sequel, uh, but it, it could very easily stand alone you know you don't have to have seen the first movie to to appreciate or enjoy this movie really the only connection that it has to the first movie is that it takes place in the same house and that's you know historically true you know whatever this this house in amityville uh weird shit went down there and uh a couple of weird things happened there and and this is just another this is one of the only sequels that actually somewhat kind of tells uh, a story of something that actually happened. You know, this uh, is based on the DeFeo murders, wherein the eldest son of, of a family murdered his entire family in one night in their beds when they were sleeping. And, and the movie is loosely based on that. They changed some things. They deleted one sibling, and as the title would suggest, this is a possession movie, uh, and there was never any suggestion or claim by the actual DeFeo murderer um, that there was anything with possession or voices or anything of that nature, but um, other than that, the the events of the movie are, are actually based in reality, and that's, it's, it's pretty wild. 
I would say, Craig, that uh, not only is this a possession movie, but this is like an everything movie. Like, <laughs> I, well, first of all, this era, Exorcist was big, right? Yeah. Uh, Amityville uh-huh. was big. So we got the haunted house aspect in there. We have the Exorcist aspect in there for top to bottom, especially in the second half of the movie. Then we even have like some straight out Evil Dead references in here. Really b- <laughs> bizarre family situations I think we're going to get into later. Uh-huh. It seems like Tommy Lee Wallace, who is the writer um, of this film, who it's interesting, we just finished reviewing it, the miniseries, who, and uh-huh. Tommy Lee Wallace was the writer-director of those. Uh-huh. Uh, this was his very first uh, screenplay, but then he went on uh, to write and direct Halloween 3, yep. which we've done in the past, uh, and then did Fright Night Part 2, which I haven't seen. So he has kind of an interesting horror history. Cannot say that this is his best work ever. It's clear maybe this is his very first screenplay. But I, I was just dying through this movie. I mean, I, yeah. I was... I, was, it, I mean, it's it's kind of wackadoodle, but it's so fun. Like, oh, yeah. it's the the uh, the first half of the movie is pretty much the Conjuring, and then yeah. the second half of the movie is The Exorcist. Mm. And the first part of the movie was so fast paced. I was taking notes, and and I, you know, it, it's it's not a lot of fun to take notes when you're watching these movies, but. I, I had to keep uh, pausing because there were so many things that I wanted to write down because things just kept happening, happening, happening. And then we got to, I don't know, about the midway, a little bit past the midway point of the movie. And it reached what I thought was going to be the climax of the movie. And I'm like, yeah. wait, what? What are they going to do with the last 45 minutes? Yes. Uh, and, and and then it was like a whole different movie for the last oh. 45 minutes and and that could be a bad thing and and to be fair even though i really really did enjoy watching this movie um it's so fast paced for the first half and then it slows down a little bit and i was a little bit disappointed with that but then i thought that the ending was so good that i got over it like okay all right if if we had to sit through that little kind of slow part to get to the end i'm i'm cool with it yeah i mean i enjoyed this movie because it was so bad this is one of those so bad (laughs) that it's good movies like this is the movie you want to sit down and watch with your this is the kind of movie that i wish you and i were in the same room watching because i think we would have had so much fun with this film it starts out and again like i said you've got this lalo schifrin score and i think it just he just pulls it straight from the first film actually with those creepy children voices kind of singing in the beat actually i think he he was either nominated or maybe even got an academy award some kind of award for his score in the original amityville horror movie um it's it's a little iconic and this family is pulling into this new house, and we know this house because it's yeah. it's on the cover of the v- <laughs> of the video sleeve. But it's it's also the house from the first movie. It, it's a right. house that looks almost like a barn, and it has these two big windows in the top floor. And I always felt like it looked like eyes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right. It it kind of has that look. And what's hilarious about it is every time you see the outside of this house, the camera goes out of its way to make it seem sinister. And even the delivery man who's delivering uh, the packages (laughs) to this house, like stops and turns around and stares up at the windows of this house. And uh, and we we immediately get introduced to this family. So we have we'll give you the quick rundown. There's Anthony who is the father, uh, and Anthony is played by a guy who Bert Young, who 
you know him when you see him. He's been in everything. He's a pretty famous character actor. He always plays these rough, rough kind of guys. And he he's is, Pauly from Rocky. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> in all the Rocky movies, right? Yeah, yeah. His wife is Dolores, and she's this uh, kind of submissive wife, I, I guess you could say, who's kind of trying to keep the family together. Mark and Beth are the two little boys and girls who we don't really see enough of, honestly, in this movie. And then um, Sonny, who's the older brother, and there's a big distance between Sonny and Trish, who are the older brother and older sister. And then Mark and Beth are the younger girl and boy. And I don't know, Mark and Beth are probably like, what, eight and nine, if not younger? I guess. And not that it matters. I have her name written. I have the little girl's name written down as Jan. Not you, that it matters at all. But uh, actually, you might be maybe right I, about that. It doesn't matter. The little ones. There, there's two little ones well, who are played by real life brother and sister Erica and Brent Katz. And and like you said, yeah, we don't really get to see enough of them. I, I kind of wish we would see more of them. But yeah, then the older brother and sister. They're they're kind of the important ones. Uh, <laughs> Sunny is played by uh, Jack Magner, and and Trish Patricia is played by Diane Franklin. Who Diane Franklin was super super familiar to me. And I looked through her IMDb page, and and she really wasn't in a whole lot. So I don't know why she was so familiar. It's, I know it why. remains a mystery to me. Why? I know why. She looks so much like Jennifer Connelly is why she looks she so familiar. She does. Yep, yep, yep. And you're right. I felt the same way. Well, she was in um, she was in a couple big ones uh, of the era. Anyway, better off dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, better off dead. She was in that, and she was in a cheesy movie from the '80s that I remember. Uh, how I got into college, which I, I doubt anybody else remembers, but mm. I always enjoyed it. But anyway, Last American um, Virgin. She was in that one. She was in Terror Vision, which is one we have to do sometime. And she even had yeah. a brief cameo role in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. She was yeah, that's right, a princess in there. So like, she kind of skipped around through movies in the '80s and a lot of TV. But you're right; she looks so much like Jennifer Connelly that she's super familiar true so they're older they're like considerably older uh, i would say like teenagers basically and they look even older than that quite right but and that's a good thing (laughs) as we go on right and it's it's obvious from the beginning that there's clearly tension in this family like you know they pull up they're moving in the very first day uh into this new house and right off the bat um anthony the dad is giving the oldest son crap. So I put the pedal to the metal. He should have seen it. It was fantastic. I left the guy like mine. Where the hell were you? I told you to back up your mother. She knows the way. Don't be smart, boy. You're not too big for a whipping. Yeah, I know. You proved that to me. Okay. You know, you're pushing it. You're right on the edge. Dad, I just stopped at the corner for a pack of cigarettes. Stop your whining. You're going to be a man by smoking cigarettes. Now you're growing a little fuzz over here. Learn how to take some orders. You hear me? I didn't hear you. Yes, sir. And one of the things that I liked about the movie is that the second they get in this house, things, (laughs) (laughs) things start to go wrong. And while I really appreciated that, the whole time I'm thinking, the first five minutes that they're in there, crazy crap starts happening. I'm like, just get out. Like, clearly there's something wrong with this house. You know, they go in and they find that all the windows are nailed down. Um, the mom turns on the, the faucet in the kitchen and blood comes out. And like, it's it's clearly blood. And like, she's terrified at first, but then it 
clears up and she's like, oh, okay, never mind. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I get it. It's an old house. Maybe some rusty water would come out, but that's not rusty water. That is blood. Like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> take a hint. Take a hint. Oh, and, and my favorite part is when um, the mother's unpacking in the basement and she goes down there and one of the moving guys comes down with her. It's like, where do you want this? And she's like, oh, this is, these are my husband's guns. Why don't you throw them in the closet? So he walks his closet in the basement. As he sets down the box, it kind of bangs the wall and opens up what's essentially a little flap in the wall, like a secret passage. Mm-hmm. He says, oh, you know, you've got another room back here. She's like, oh, really? And so he gets down on his hands and knees, and he crawls back in there. And there's just water, like, dripping down in here. Like at a, down. at yeah. a rate that would be flooding the basement. And this whole other quote-unquote room we see later is more like a whole other basement in this house. It has these like brick or stone pillars in there. It looks like a crypt. And this guy's yeah. like, yeah, you got some serious problems in here, lady. And, you know, bugs are falling on him, and it's super wet. And he comes out, and he's just drenched. And he's kind of like, you might want to get that looked into. And she's like, yeah, I guess so. And he walks <laughs> away, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, it's so funny. Like, I referred to it in my notes as the evil poop room, because, like, it's just this, <laughs> it's just this room that's just full of flies and poop, <laughs> and this water constantly running in that she finds out about and then she's like oh what, whatever I guess we'll worry about it later <laughs> and the evil poop room ends up being pretty much the source of all their problems because after after that re- repairman or whoever he is leaves we get a POV shot. And then we get these kind of throughout the movie of this evil spirit or demon or whatever it's supposed to be. We get its point of view coming out of the room and like coming up behind her. And then a cold wind blows and she's scared to death. And then Sonny, the oldest son shows up and she's like, somebody touched me. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, Oh mom. Oh god, it's, it's funny. And it's so evil dead too. It's so POV evil like and this isn't the only evil dead flat out rip off in this film, quite honestly. There's there's more of it later. But 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 actually the camera work in this movie is quite good. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a testament. Yeah, he did rip off Evil Dead, but the camera work in Evil Dead is pretty damn good, too. And so it's fine. There are a number of shots, even in the beginning of this movie, where it doesn't even matter, th- where it's one really long take. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're paying attention, it-, it could be like three or four minutes of the camera moving from one room to another and a person having a conversation, then going back out of the hallway and the camera follows them and they have this conversation. Somebody else walks by and the camera follows them. Uh, what we sometimes refer to as geek shots, you know, th- these kind of shots that filmmakers like to throw in that probably the audience doesn't care, but other filmmakers mm-hmm. go, wow, that's really awesome. <laughs> the, mm-hmm. it, the movie's filled with them. And so it's not only a testament really to the to the director and his uh, technical ability, um, but also really to the fact of the actors. The actors, I'm not going to say they give fantastic performances, <laughs> but at least they're talented enough to be able to pull off these long takes. And, and the director, I guess we haven't mentioned, is um, Damiano Damiani. Which is like the coolest name ever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Especially when you're making a movie like this. <laughs> and 
and he's Italian, and so you know we've talked about Italian. We've we've reviewed quite a few Italian films so far yeah. uh, in the seventies and eighties. This is his his breakthrough, basically his Hollywood breakthrough. He did quite a few really well regarded films in Italy before this, and this was his breakthrough film in the United States. And uh, he continued to do stuff after this. Uh, he's clearly even just from watching this movie, no matter what you think, you have to say that. The directing is fantastic. The The cinematography is fantastic. Even if the writing isn't that great, the acting isn't always that great, and it gets really goofy and silly at times. Well, and I hate to go out of sequence, but I since you're talking about the cinematography, I wanted to mention one shot that I just thought was really cool. There's one scene where Sonny is left alone at home, and he's walking through the house. The, the camera is kind of tracking you know, right in front of him. And then in one take or seemingly in one take it flips upside down Mm. and then flips back around again and it seemed really seamless and i saying it out loud it doesn't sound that impressive but i was thinking how did they do that yeah like how did was that camera on some sort of apparatus that it was able to spin all the way upside down and then come back around or i don't know you're the filmmaker you tell me did were you impressed with that or was i just as an amateur no (laughs) yes i was super impressed with it too but i'll tell you that's straight out of the evil dead right the exact same scene with with a guy holding a, a rifle happens with to ash in the evil dead where it, the camera comes o- comes behind him and then comes over him and in front of him to the point where it's upside down and then spins back over so yeah i was really impressed with it technically and i you know i don't know i guess you get the camera on a crane and you do all kinds of funky stuff to do that but i also thought he totally is ripping off of sam raimi so specifically with this shot that it was kind of it was kind of shameless. I, I really didn't even think about that until mm. you said it today. Like when when you said it today, I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> it's, it's definitely true. But uh, I I, don't, I I didn't think about it at the time. It's a good shot. Yeah, it is. Well, and well, there's some good stuff going on here. And like you said, are these Oscar worthy performances? No, but I actually thought that the performances were pretty good for the most part. From the very very beginning, uh, Sonny is in the creepy eye window room that's where he lives and there's a scene with him and patricia up there and from the very beginning it seems like there's weird flirtatious sexual tension going on between this brother and sister is it great Uh, it's all right i love it (laughs) you're getting heavy hey you used to hug me all the time that was when you were lighter no that's not because now you're old and snotty well there is another reason what you're not my type oh you like them tall Big boobs. That is none of your business. How about you? What's your type? I like them sensitive, dark, and about this high. You're ridiculous. No! Come on, let's get to know the house. And I feel like they were trying to set it up like, oh, it's just innocent for now. (laughs) (laughs) But even at that point, I'm like... You guys are a little too close. (laughs) (laughs) You know, my family's pretty touchy-feely, huggy-kissy. You know what I mean? I mean, we're we're pretty... Me and my sisters growing up, we'll embrace each other in public. We'll kiss each other in public. We don't really have that. You know, we're just a little like that. And I think it took me a long time, probably to the point where I was in high school when I realized uh, other people might think this is a little strange. But these two, (laughs) these two, and even beyond, even later when... Sonny has his very odd birthday party. Uh, yeah. It, it just seems like 
something's a little weird about this family. And this is one of my actually this is one of the things that I think works against the movie, honestly, and the writing and and I guess the directing and acting, is that so much of what's wrong with this family is despite the house, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the minute they come to the house, before they even set foot in it, the father, you, you can see he's a bit of a jerk, and he's a, a loose cannon. He's going off on his son. And the mother's real tense about it, so you can tell that there's a past history there. And then, you know, they're moving in, and this brother and the sister have this really weird, flirtatious thing to them before any energy or whatever in the house can get to them. And so... All of this sense that it's the house and this demon or the spirit or whatever that's causing these things to happen just really falls flat because we've already gotten all this before, right? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that what was supposed to be the what was supposed to be implied was that this family had some weird stuff going on anyway, and then when they got in the house the influence of the house just multiplied all of that by a hundred. Because so they, they get there, then they have their family dinner and like during dinner, the whole house shakes, which somehow the dad blames on the son. Like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, how, like, how did he make the whole house like an earthquake happen? Yeah. Um, and a mirror falls and, and doesn't break. But then when Sonny looks at it, it does break weird. And then um, when they all go to bed, we see the POV shot of something coming out of the basement again. And it, it pulls the tablecloth off the table to throw over a crucifix. So it's clear that something supernatural <laughs> is going on here. Yeah. And then there's loud knocking at the door and the mom and dad go down there and there's nobody there and the dad gets the shotgun and the knocking is still going on and he opens it up and nobody's there and then in the kids room the two little kids they see these floating paint brushes that get up and paint this big mural on their wall which is like a dragon or some sort of demon and it like writes dishonor thy father and pigs in all capital letters. And so Anthony and his wife go in the kid's room and and Anthony takes off his belt to beat the kids with like they did that. Like how (laughs) these two little kids crouching fearfully in their beds painted this big mural on the wall in the last three minutes. Like it doesn't even make any sense. And then there's this, I just wrote down on my, paper full out violence like they just go ape shit on each other (laughs) it's right (laughs) it's crazy like the like the dad is trying to beat the kids with the belt and the mom like freaks out and's like i'm gonna kill you and she runs in and like scratches his face and he's beating on her and then Sonny comes in with a shotgun and points it right at his dad's head (laughs) and trish is like screaming i'm like is this their family dynamic? Like, is this, is this just a normal Friday night? Like, <laughs> so it's crazy. Well, and 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 this is another moment where there's uh, again like this one shot thing happening uh, at times, and the camera's swooping around, and there's this I have to say like really corny moment that ends it where the camera swoops around and Sonny's holding the gun to his dad's head, and his mom just like. It, like everything stops and his uh-huh. mom walks b- between them from behind and then like walks forward and just like lifts the gun out of their hands. And they're just like frozen in place as she walks uh-huh. forward with this gun and practically stares into the camera and says, Oh my God, what's happening to us? 
bad. Oh my god, it's so bad. It's hilarious. It's hilarious to talk about it because talking about it makes it sound so horrible, but I swear to god I was enjoying it like I was having so much fun watching it. It was so crazy. Like it's the insane. Best, and the best part about it is as soon as that scene's done like the next scene everything's back to normal. Right. <laughs> And that keeps happening throughout. Like they'll have these big crazy things happen. They'll be like, "Oh, no big deal." <laughs> um, and then uh, Sonny's up in his room, I think, and he's listening to his Walkman, and he's got his headphones on. And all of a sudden, the 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 sound goes out, and this voice whispers to him, "Why didn't you pull the trigger? Why didn't you shoot that pig?" And that kind of becomes a motif throughout. Like this voice is talking to him and commanding him uh, to do things. And then the mom, they go to church and being a Catholic, this, you know, that was an actual Catholic mass. These were actual Catholic priests that they were priests, actual Catholic prayers that they were saying. Mm -hmm. Um, And afterwards, she asks the priest to come over to bless the house. Um, And then this priest, uh, Father Adam Adam Adamski uh, yeah, something Adamski. <laughs> yeah, yeah. doesn't matter. I just kept referring to him as the priest. Mm-hmm. She invites this priest over, and then that kind of introduces this new element into the movie, which carries through then throughout the so rest. Being a Catholic, you tell me, is this a common thing to ask a priest to come over and like bless your house? It's not uncommon. Okay. I mean, I don't. My parents never did it, but it, it wouldn't be. It, yeah, it wouldn't be considered weird. And is it a production like it is here, like where he like puts on his robe and he pulls out a bunch of paraphernalia and walks around the house and sprinkles holy water around? I don't know. I would imagine that it probably just depends on the priest. Some priests might do that. Some would just come in and say a little prayer, and that would be the end. Okay. And, and again, like. It, I, I don't think it's a common thing, but I just I don't think that any priest or anybody else would think that it was odd. Like, especially right. you're moving into a new house, like it's you know, some people burn sage, you know, to cleanse their house or whatever. Mm. It, 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 it it's not weird. It's, okay. it's not common, but it's not weird. Okay, okay, good. Well, you know, in in this is another spot where there's one of these very long takes that's really cool, and you see that the fact the priest comes over and uh, the father. Anthony doesn't go to church. Apparently he's not a very religious person, and the mother is, and so there's a little bit of tension there. He really doesn't want to have anything to do with the priest, Uh, but the priest comes in anyway, and he's just uh, almost obliviously cool about all of the tension that's, that's going on around him, and it's just this really long take, and I thought it was just a little strange at this point in the in the film that the mother is asking the priest to bless the house. Now, if this is a thing that, you know, you move into a new house and some Catholics would just do that, then that's fine. But I felt like at up to this point, there's really very little, if anything that has actually happened that you don't feel like was bubbling up beneath the surface of of, of this family anyway. I mean, at least from the mom's perspective. So aside from the fact that she felt like somebody touched her downstairs, they had this big argument, this big fight, right? But... I don't think from her perspective there would have she would have seen anything supernatural about it, right? I mean, it's not like she saw the floating paintbrushes paint the the walls. Uh, it's not Dude, like- if my walls were shaking <laughs> and and some supernatural and I guess she didn't actually see this happen, no. but she she did see the crucifix covered up. I mean, I guess one yeah. of her kids could have done that, but True. I'm okay. I would have been inviting the priest over to my house too. <laughs> like and maybe 
just very casually in the way that she did. Like, we just moved into a new house. Could you come bless it? Not because I think it's haunted, even though I do. But could you maybe just stop by? (laughs) (laughs) Say a few words. Say a few words from God, please. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Well, when Sonny shakes the priest's hand, the kitchen explodes. Yeah. And just everything goes haywire. And for some reason, Anthony then hits Beth, the little girl. He blames her for it. And he's just (laughs) flat-out child abuse, basically, on this girl right there in front of the priest. And he's like, well, I think I'm going to go now. (laughs) He just backs up all his things and leaves. And then they all decide that they have to go to the church to apologize. I mean, I don't know. What is it, like 8 or 9 o'clock in the evening or something? It seemed like it. But then later on, when Sonny asks about it... They say, yeah, we went to the church. It was fine. And then dad took us all up to dinner. So maybe it was earlier, but it seemed late. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Okay. So they all end up having to go to the church, but dad stays behind. Oh, Sonny stays behind. He just doesn't want to go. And we get the sense at this point. There was an earlier scene, I think, where Sonny was also in the basement where the same POV shot that touched the woman um, also seemed to touch her. And he starts having these... I don't know, his arm starts bubbling up or something. There, there are all these great bladder effects under the, under his skin showing that something has changed. So we get the sense by now that Sonny, uh, he's hearing the voices, obviously. He's hearing the voices from the basement room. He goes to the basement room where Dad still has his guns up on a rack, even after <laughs> Sonny's held a gun up to him. Then we get, again, what I felt was another strange moment. He goes downstairs, and he's wandering around, and again, the house is kind of waking up and being sinister, and the water pipes all start snapping, spraying water everywhere. And he goes upstairs. Again, kind of no big deal, right? Because Sonny, right. <laughs> this is like, is something that would be a serious issue in your house, but he goes back upstairs, and we never really see anything about this again. Well, the whole house virtually explodes several times throughout yeah. the movie, and then it's like, that's no big deal. Like, carry on. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and like, the light bulbs burst, and you know, <laughs> flames shoot out of the basement, and the, 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 the rifles on the rack all shoot off and all the pipes burst and then you know the next day it's like whatever nothing happened everything is fine again yeah right (laughs) anyway he's being chased by this entity throughout the house and even though he's he's protecting himself with a gun he never once actually points the gun at this thing that he can see that we can't or whatever he just backs away from it and backs away from it downstairs and backs away from it up the stairs, backs away from it like into his bedroom. And eventually the gun like floats out of his hand and it's just a terribly cheesy moment. And I think probably has to do with the effects, just like the paintbrushes. It looks like these things are on strings just dancing mm-hmm. around. And then I guess, is it so, are we supposed to get this impression that this spirit almost like rapes him the way that it... <laughs> backs him onto a bed and comes down onto him two or three times. I don't and know. Rips, and rips his shirt open. Yeah, I don't know. I think that it was just supposed to be... There had already been implications that he was influenced. Sorry, I feel like this is the part where we're supposed to think, oh, he's being possessed. But that ran through my mind. It did feel rapey. But there were... 
it, there were, I actually liked the effects quite a bit. Um, like you said, there are all these bladder effects where uh, the the skin in his arms and his neck is, you know, like bubbling up. In this weird scene, when his shirt gets ripped open, his abdomen is like like scrunched in like i i don't even like if you sucked it if you weren't fat like me and you sucked your abdomen as far as you possibly could so that your ribs were protruding like that's what it looked like but i I think that this is the point where we're okay he's possessed now yeah i think you're right because we we were totally out of haunted house territory by now and we're we're going into full-on possession everything happens like I think, like, the the doors are slamming and the windows are going or whatever. Anyway, the family ends up coming home. And Trish and Sonny are upstairs. And they have a very bizarre conversation. So even before things get super weird, even their conversation is just messed up. You should see a doctor. You've got dark rings around your eyes. What happened to church? Oh, it was unbelievable. Daddy made his apologies, but then he took us out for a steak dinner. Okay, um, pretty believable so far. Yeah, he tried to get Mommy drunk, but she wouldn't go for it. Mm, yeah, it's a little weird, but well, we've seen this family before. There's something strange. I think Mommy doesn't want to make love to Daddy anymore. I think he tries to force her. Like, <laughs> what? What? Who? Where did this come from? And who talks about this? Like, right? <laughs> and and more importantly, like, where did you get this idea? And I guess there was an earlier scene, and I don't know. Maybe there is a connection here, but apparently there's a deleted scene from this film. Yeah, where Anthony actually. Um, I'm sorry. I'm I know it's hard to even say, right? Yeah, it's like anally rapes uh, his wife. I don't. I honestly don't know where in the movie that would fit in, uh, except for the fact that this would happen, and then the next day everything would be cool again, just like everything right. else in this movie is. It's just terrible writing. That's just all it is. It's just terrible writing. That, it's fair. It is. It is terrible writing. But what I read was the director really wanted to shock the and appall the audience eventually he they they test screened it and it didn't test screen well people were really uncomfortable with some of these scenes including this next scene that comes up because after this conversation <laughs> sunny then says to trish sit on the bed huh come on strike a pose for me on the bed we're gonna play a game where you are the beautiful model I am the famous photographer. Pose for me. Take off your nightgown. What? Just for a second. Okay, just for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Gross! (laughs) Come on, like... I had a sister, and we were both teenagers at the same time, and this is not something normal. Like, no, this isn't like, something. No, nobody is this um, oblivious at this point. Right, yeah. right. And she's like laughing, like it's fun. And uh, go, go ahead and bleep me. But then they fuck. Like, <laughs> it's and, and and we don't get to see. We don't get to see it. Like I want to see it. No, <laughs> thank goodness. But we don't. We don't see it. We just see him kiss her. But apparently, 
there was they shot the scene like they shot the sex scene um and audiences were so appalled by it understandably that they cut it out i i thank god and and then it goes uh she she's she's at confession (laughs) 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 talking to the same priest that came uh uh, to their house to bless it and she's like uh father i went all the way with my friend <laughs> and he's like well that's bad you should resist temptation and uh she's like i do i didn't even like it and we didn't even like it he just does it to hurt and he's like you mean to hurt you and sh- she's like no to hurt god <laughs> And he's like, don't even say that. That's horrible. And then she runs out. Oh, God. It's so, <laughs> it's yeah. so weird. It's so, but I, I, honest to God, like, I appreciated that it, it was so bold, you know, like. Well, that it is. I, I, I appreciated that it was shocking. You know, I didn't expect it to go there. And then it did. And I'm like, well. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go balls out, go balls out. I guess, uh, and but, and I, I appreciate that. But do it a little more deftly. I mean, <laughs> I suppose. I mean, I suppose. We've covered movies that have the incest angle before. And, you know, I'm almost every time it's got a little bit of skill behind it. It, it, it doesn't feel so, um, so shoehorned in in such a bizarre way. But again, like I said, it calls back to the beginning of the movie where you kind of felt this chemistry between them from the very beginning. And Mm -hmm. so, okay, you're right. Maybe it's a little more amplified now. But come on. I mean, left to their own devices in a house that wasn't haunted, a scene like this could very well have been extremely plausible considering the way they were acting towards each other in the first 10 minutes of the film. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It just comes across, to me anyway, as silly and a little amateurish and on its face. And it was a little bit of a distraction for me. I'm Not that flat-out brother banging his sister isn't distracting enough, but, you know... <laughs> it, 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 it's a bad movie, man. It's it, But it's hilariously bad. And you can laugh at it. It's... Oh God, it's it's funny because when I was talking about it last, I watched these by myself, of course, as everybody who listens to this <laughs> podcast knows. I watched this, these movies by myself, um, but I was talking to my partner about it last night, and I was like, I don't know, it was bad, but it was good. Like, <laughs> and I think the reason that I liked it is just because it was just balls to the wall, like, well, boom, 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 like. In, especially in this first half, which if we're ever going to get to the end, we're going to have to wrap up pretty quickly. But in this first half, things just kept happening, happening, happening. Like there was never a dull moment. True. I, I was sucked into it. I Yeah, it's bad, but I was sucked in and I was having a good time watching mm. it. Uh, as you always do when, you know, incest. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay so the priest comes back to bless the house again um and he's kind of interested in sunny and sunny's door slams itself right in front of the priest and then the mom asks the priest to bless her bedroom and bless her bed and uh he's got one of those can you bless the cat please yeah (laughs) he's got one of those 
sprinklers. Uh, that's what he calls it. <laughs> the holy water thing. Um, but then blood starts coming out of it and the priest clearly sees it and like he barfs, but then it disappears and um, Sonny laughs. And then the priest goes to talk to his superior and it's scary German guy. <laughs> <laughs> did right. you notice i did it was fantastic it i have fantastic. no idea what this guy's name is don't even care don't care to write it down but uh scary german guy from monster mm-hmm. squad is his boss and the priest wants to do an exorcism because he thinks there's something going on there but scary german guy tells him he can't he has to wait for uh something some approval from above approval approval yeah. from the bishop or this whatever is, this is standard in these movies this is exactly right this is the conflict yeah, right let's just wait and see what happens this with exorcisms and priests it and and cardinals and monsignors or whatever it is it's exactly the same as the detective and the chief of police, right? Mm-hmm. There's always this, mm-hmm. oh, I want to go ahead and do the exorcism. And the guy's like, no, you can't do it. you got to wait for something from ahead. And the guy's like, no, I'm going to do it anyway and go on my own. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's the same dynamic. Which is exactly what ends up happening. But then Trish invites the priest to Sonny's birthday party, but he declines to come, which I didn't really understand. Like, if he's so concerned, why wouldn't he go? Well, um, that was just a strange scene anyway. She comes in. She invites him to the birthday party. She also kind of wants to talk about Sonny, which is uh-huh. a topic that he's interested in, but he ends up getting a phone call. Yeah, somebody had a stroke. Somebody had a dying. stroke, and so he's like, oh, man, I got I to gotta head off and get this stroke. And so she runs out, and at the same moment, some guy who we've never seen before wanders in. Hi. Did you see a young girl in the hallway? Yeah, she was in a big hurry, too. She almost knocked me down. I don't have time to feel <clears throat> Camping anyone? Uh, one of my parishioners is dying. Sorry to hear that. Here, let me help you. I'll be right back. Okay. I'll be here. It was just so weird. This guy just... This random guy just pops in. And he just remains a random guy. Like, he's a device. Like, they needed somebody to kind of fill in these little parts. And, like, I have no idea what his name is. He's just another priest. Like... His character is completely unimportant, except for that he shows up every once in a while to do something. (laughs) (laughs) Totally, totally unimportant. Yeah, but but the thing is, this priest, this priest, we're getting into the second half of the movie, and the second half of the movie is The Exorcist. It's basically what it is. Yeah. And, And this priest, who has been set up to this point to be so concerned about this family, that just like in The Exorcist, he... He's, he's becoming obsessed, right? He's gone to the Monsignor or whatever and said, get to the Cardinal, and I need, to, I need, I need to p- permission for this exorcism. And he's like, you can't have permission. You've got to wait. You've got to wait. This girl comes into his office, clearly wants to talk to him. He's a little distant about it, and then he gets this random phone call and is immediately runs out of the room. None of it makes it sense. Doesn't- no, it doesn't make sense, but it sets up, you know, kind of the climax of the first half of the movie because Trish wanted to talk about Sonny. She's worried about him. As it turns out, you know, what she was going to tell him was that she's scared. She thinks that he might turn violent. Um, and and I, I want to get to that, but I, I we can't not talk about that creepy birthday party because they have oh. the creepy birthday party. And, like, Sonny comes down and, like, he's being super nice, but, like, his little brother and sister are giving him presents and things. And 
He picks each of them up and hugs them. And if we hadn't seen everything that had come before, it probably wouldn't have seemed weird. But knowing that he screwed his older sister later or earlier in the movie, it's just like, ew, don't don't touch them. Like, it's just it's so like the the little the little both of them the little boy and the little girl he picks them up and he hugs them and they're like i love you and he's like i love you and uh, it's just it makes you cringe like keep your gross skeevy incest hands off those kids (laughs) it's just slightly over the line right of just Mm -hmm. a little too now you could be this affectionate with your family at home and it would be a problem but but in the movie you don't generally see it drag on like it does in this. And that's mm-hmm. the weird thing. It's not really a party. It's him coming downstairs, him being presented with his present, and then in turn, he goes to each of them, picks them up and embraces them and gets his hands all over them and says something nice. Goes to the next one, does the same thing. Goes to the next one, does the same thing. Goes to his sister, does the same thing. While everybody else is just standing around staring. Mm-hmm. Know, like they're all taking their turns and then he puts his hands on the sister and you know no, nothing any different from what he's been doing with his little brother and his little sister but because his hand like goes down her back the mother sees this and seems suddenly alarmed by it mm-hmm. like you see it in her face like nothing else in this scene was alarming to you but his hand going down her back suddenly is alarming to you it, it's right. really bad and then the mom confronts the sister later because she sees the sister go up to the to Sonny's room because Sonny retreat as soon as he's done with his family he goes back up to his room all the guests arrive and he disappears but wait a second wait a second wait a second once he's done embracing his sister and his mom is alarmed he ends up on the other side of the table <laughs> and everybody and, and the father's there too we haven't even seen the father until this point and he kind of half makes up with him. Oh, it's okay. And everybody claps. Everybody <laughs> claps, and they're all on the other side of the table, like, just staring at him. It's, like, completely posed, like you could take the family picture at this point. And then, all of a sudden, the doorbell rings, and, like, everybody else from the neighborhood suddenly comes right. in at the same time. <laughs> well, and while he's standing there across the table, the evil voice says to him, Look at them. The pathetic animals. He like kind of slyly smiles. <laughs> I, I feel like what they were trying to accomplish was kind of the battle between Sonny being his real self, who really does love his family, but he's being influenced by this evil voice who is, you know, and that that's kind of taking over. It doesn't yeah. play like that at all. He no. he just he just seems like a freaking creeper. <laughs> the whole time. Who occasionally gets a vocal message, like, what, three times from this, right. this spirit? It's, he doesn't seem that tormented. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> well, and, and, that, and then that's what happens. Like, this, honest to God, I felt like this was going to be the conclusion of the movie, even though I knew there was still 45 minutes left. Sonny's laying in bed. There's a big storm outside. And the voice says to him, you must do it now. And all of a sudden, Sonny's face turns into this demon face and he goes around the house and he shoots his whole family i mean that's basically all it is now in in real life in the story that this is actually based on it's actually kind of mysterious because every member of the family was found face down in their bed 
as though they didn't hear the rest of them being shot. And I, and I think both of the parents were shot twice and all of the kids were shot once. And like, how could they not hear that? Why would they still be in bed? Like the guy, DeFeo, who killed his whole family, uh, initially he said that it had been some mob boss that his dad was involved with. But then within the next couple of days, he confessed um, that he did it. And then later, years down the road, he made up well, I assume he made up all kinds of stories that his sister was in on it and really she killed everybody and uh, he only killed her and he made up all kinds of stories that there was no evidence for, but it was weird. But in the movie, Demon Sonny just goes around and one by one kills them all and then and, they're all dead. And it's really kind of brutal and it's well, very course, brutal. It's very brutal and it, it's effectively shocking especially because we've really gotten to know this whole family and we really have a lot of sympathy for, well, for the kids because they're kids. Right, the kids, little kids. But the sister, you know, the sister's just like the sweet girl. I I sort of felt like you get the feeling anyway as you're watching this movie that you're going to be with this girl throughout the film, right? Because she's Mm -hmm. such an integral part of the story and she's such a sympathetic character and she seems conflicted, you know, with her thing with her brother. And he flat out kills her. And when and when the cops pull, you know, everybody out in a body bag and the priest is back at the house and he almost one by one uh, gets to see all the different bodies and they unzip the body bag and she's in there, I was almost kind of surprised. I was like, really? Like, she's dead? Like, that's it? That's like mm-hmm. it for her, for this movie? And, and it feels like two movies. And then the, the second part the last 45 minutes it really is the exorcist where this priest is super concerned about you know what's going on and he visits the kid in jail and um the demon you know reveals itself to the priest but the cops don't believe him and scary german guy shows up again and is (laughs) like you you shamed you shamed the church because you know we never gave you permission and like the the (laughs) lawyer the lawyer tries to like plead that he's dude, innocent by dude, means of possession. Dude, you were you were flying through this so fast because we got to get to the end of this podcast. But you were passing by some of the funniest parts of this movie because, <laughs> like, well, think, okay, well, stop me, go for about, it. Think about that seat at the back of the car with the uh, with scary German guy again, right? <laughs> <laughs> the priest, the priest is in the back of this car with the scary German guy, and they're having their typical conversation where scary German guy is telling him, "You, you can't go behind the church. You can't." can't go rogue like this or whatever. And the priest's like, what, I have to. You guys can't turn a blind eye to it, blah, blah, blah. So he jumps out of the car, and he goes, and then some random dude <laughs> gets into the car next to Scary German Guy just to deliver the line. Now I understand why all the prisoners are complaining about him. He's coming back. <laughs> the comes back to see one or two more things it is so bad it's like and, and the whole time scary german guy is almost looking directly at the camera <laughs> uh, it is pretty hilarious it's oh, true it is pretty hilarious yeah. um and then i like you know i am trying to wrap things up because we've been yeah, talking just... for too long but 
Detective Turner uh, is the detective, apparently, who is in charge of, of this case. And he's played by Moses Gunn. Now, this is another guy who I was like, oh, my gosh, I know who this guy is, but I can't figure it out. And, and I think he's been in lots and lots of stuff. Um, but what I remembered him from is he was in The NeverEnding Story. He was the guy that, like tasked Atreyu uh, with the quest. And as soon as I read that, I was like, oh yeah, that's him. He won't release him for the exorcism, but uh, the demon and... And, and I feel like this is straight out of Exorcist 3, which I don't even know if Exorcist 3 had come out at this point. Probably not. No. The possessed guy talking to the, poli- the police guy in the jail cell. Mm. I mean, that's it is Exorcist 3. Um, yeah. And that's that's what's going on. And, and, he, and the priest wants to uh, take him out and take him to the church so that he can exorcise him, but the cops won't let him. And then, like... The priest goes to the Amityville house and sees Trisha's ghost. (laughs) Right? That's right. (laughs) And then just a little bit later, Trisha's ghost calls him (laughs) on the phone. Well, and and then this random woman walks up to him and says, Father, what are you doing out here? (laughs) Nice to meet you. I'm the exposition librarian. (laughs) (laughs) She's like... And as they're walking away, I know some strange stories about that house. And the next scene, it's it's like she's a librarian, and she's walking him through the basement of the library, showing him newspaper clippings. <laughs> oh, God. And then that's – I love that because, like, let me give you the exposition. This house was built by a witch on an ancient Indian burial ground. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the end. <laughs> That's why bad things happen there. <laughs> Piled so many things on top of each other. Oh, my gosh. Woman expelled from Salem for witchcraft, built a house on an ancient Indian burial ground. <laughs> oh, okay, so then Sonny has his trial, and the the lawyer tries to argue innocent by virtue of possession, and the judge is like, no, then everybody will say the devil made me do it. And so then Sonny faints, and he ends up in the hospital. And the priest and the detective are there with him, and save me appears in blood on his arm uh, and then disappears immediately. Straight out of the exorcist. It's so hilarious because, again, it's like it's such a kitchen sink movie. The the scene before that, when they're in the freaking courthouse? Your Honor, it is my intention to prove at the trial that Sonny Montelli is a victim of demonic possession, and therefore... What, Mr. Booth? Demonic possession, Your Honor. Possession by demons. And therefore innocent of the charges placed against him. Your Honor, this is highly irregular. Will counsel please approach the bench? I'm like, where is this movie going? Are we in for like yeah. some courtroom drama here? No, yeah. we never get that again. <laughs> no, no, it, it becomes law and order for like three minutes. And then, <laughs> and then stops. Moving on, moving on. <laughs> Um, and, and so the, the detective, you know, after they see this message appear in the kid's arm, wants to go get the doctor and the priest is like, no, you have to let me take him. And the, the, the detective's like, okay, here, take my gun, knock me out with it. And then you can take him. (laughs) And this part, I think that you thought this movie was way more dumb than I did, but this part was super dumb. Um, he, he knocks the, the detective out and then he just sneaks the kid out of the hospital and he takes him to the church. And this whole time, this is supposedly a demon possessed 
kid who murdered his whole family. And all of a sudden the priest just thinks like, oh, it'll be super easy to get him into the church and exercise him. Like, Cause I, I apparently have to get him into the church too. Right. And so he, he takes him up the church steps. Sonny sees the church and freaks out and he runs back down the steps. Well, <laughs> he casts his level five wall of fire spell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then he's gone. He's disappeared. And so the priest automatically knows that he's gone back to the house, the, the Amityville house. And so the priest goes there and he see like he sees some spirits coming out of the evil poop room. And like he asks God to like bless these spirits or something. And um, then he then he goes upstairs and straight up has a Father Karras movie with mm-hmm sunny upstairs and i like as much as it totally copies the exorcist i mean it is straight up a copy mm. down to the look down to sunny's look i mean mm. he looks just like reagan uh in, in some yeah exactly but it looks good mm. i mean it was a good copy it's um, scary yeah yeah reagan was but scary. i mean it, it's an exact copy and and they have you know, the uh, priest, you can never defeat me and uh, you're weak and blah, blah, blah. And you don't have the backing of the church. So you're all alone. <laughs> and, and the priest is like, tell me your name. You know my name. You know my name very well. Father. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, Sonny has turned into Trish the whore. <laughs> <laughs> Or Trish. She's got the Tammy Faye Baker look. Yeah. And uh, she's like licking her lips. And- when I was making my confession, you thought about making love to me. Didn't you? <laughs> and he's like, no, I didn't. <laughs> and, you, and you say licking her lips. No, she is making the most obscene gestures with her tongue. Like comically obscene. Yeah. Um, but it's funny. And, and then it's the whole movie of The Exorcist in about five minutes. The priest is trying to cast out the demon. And all of a sudden, Sonny's face just like starts to like... <laughs> rip off like i <laughs> like all those bulges in his skin that we've seen before it's like amplified by 10 and like his skin is splitting and his whole face rips off to like reveal this little weird alien demon head yeah it was awesome it was awesome oh my god it was really cool practical effects loved it mm-hmm. uh, but the whole time i'm thinking how is he going to recover from this like <laughs> His whole face is gone. There's no going back from that. <laughs> right. Except that there is. Because yeah, just, it's a movie. just like in the yeah, just like in the Exorcist, the priest says, Let it be me, my God. Not him. Let it be me. The whole house explodes. Literally. Literally explodes. <laughs> like, but, but but then it's okay again. That's right. Like nothing happened. Nothing happened. Oh, but and, by uh, the way, just yeah. before all this starts, the other priest guy or whatever, the priest's yeah. friend on the fishing trip or whatever, had pulled up to the house, looked at it, and walked toward the entrance. That happened about ten minutes before all of this started going down. Right. That's important. He must have been. He must have been looking around a lot. <laughs> a lot. He was in the explosion, but he didn't notice it. You know, yeah. all this stuff. Okay. Yeah. And so then 
after the house explodes, we see Sonny rise up in crucifix position and all of this light and he stands up and he's fine rando priest who only serves the function to be there when necessary (laughs) shows up and escorts him out and like the cops are all there and he's like don't worry we'll make them understand that it wasn't your fault and (laughs) (laughs) the most optimistic statement of the year <laughs> Don't completely understand you were possessed by a demon. Yeah, the it'll, demon it'll is now in the other Yeah, I'll tell him. It'll be good. <laughs> and so the the police take Sonny away, and then we cut back to the priest sitting in the attic, and he's all sweaty and gross. And then we see that his skin is like bulging, and he's like. <gasps> Oh, God, don't forsake me. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so great. Which is why this is such a low-rent exorcist. In The Exorcist, you know, the guy's like, take me, take me, you know, and he takes the demon, the demon possesses him, and then, you know, he just, he he basically commits suicide. He jumps out the window. I mean, there's all this backstory with him, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's kind of tormented himself, and so there's there's just all of this like angst, and it just feels like this is his destiny, you know, that he's gonna yeah, do yeah. one good thing for this girl. In this movie, this guy's like, "Let it be me, my God, not him, not him." So then the demon right. gets him, and then at the end, he's whining, "Oh God, please don't <laughs> forsake me!" Like you just asked for the demon, right? Right. Now you don't want him anymore. <laughs> and the, yeah. It's oh man, and then the last the last shot is just the new for sale sign outside the house. Um, God, I don't know. You have now convinced me that this is in fact a bad movie. But I have to say, I really enjoyed watching it. It was fun to watch, and I couldn't believe that I had never seen it before. Why would you not be a horror fan if you were listening to this podcast? But if you are and you haven't seen this movie, watch it. It's fun. Get some buddies together and pop some popcorn and get some beer and sit around and watch this it's funny it is a fun movie this this is the movie you're looking for <laughs> this is really the goofy 80s movie horror film pulls from so many better films to cobble together this monstrosity of a film that this is but but i agree with you for that reason it was hilarious now it was fun to watch. It would have been more fun for me to watch with like five other people and yep. you know, six beers in me. That would have been even better. Yep. So I'm not going to knock it for that. But I will say that after the first half you know, ended, I looked at the running time and I was like, what in the world is going to happen for the next 45 minutes? Right. And for the next 45 minutes, I was, cont- I was checking my watch every five minutes. Fair, fair. This movie still really. We're only really. We have twenty minutes left. It was pretty slow. Last true, and and you you could just watch it up through the final murder scene and then turn it off. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Or 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 watch it up through that and then fast forward into the last ten minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Because uh, the last ten minutes, or maybe five minutes, are are, uh, are are kind of fun. Even and and I have to say, you know, as as much as it is a bunch of eighties movies cobbled together, it is not poorly made. No. I have seen much much no. worse in terms of quality, in terms of acting, cinematography, direction. I have seen much much worse. This is not bad in terms of well, that kind of quality. 
that's really the great irony about it, and I think that's just what magnifies how hilarious it is, is it, it really is taking itself so seriously, and it's so well-crafted in the cinematography department, in a lot of the acting department, in the fact that they're not A-list actors, but they're at least especially for their time, very recognizable actors. This yeah. movie got a big release. It's a Dino De Laurentiis production. It's not like, yep. I mean, granted, he's put his name on a lot of schlock. He's kind oh, of yeah, schlockmeister, yeah, yeah. but, you know, his movies generally tended to be very successful. Um, yeah, all of those things combined just makes it that much funnier, I think, when you end up watching it. It's the great irony of the film. The, the writing, though, was terrible. I, I have to say that my final verdict is that I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. And I'll probably watch it again. I mean, I think that this would be a fun one. I am somebody, and I know you are too, my friend, mm. uh, who really enjoys watching lots of horror movies around Halloween time. And this would be one that I would pop in uh, sure. just for fun, just for fun around Halloween time to watch a fun, scary movie. I liked it. <laughs> is oh, yeah. it great? Is it is it a classic? Certainly not. I liked it. I had a lot of fun watching it. Would watch it again. Oh yeah, your party would be going on, and you know, it'd be kind of playing in the background every now and then. You'd be glancing sure. at it, but then at that point where the brother comes into the room and says, "Sit on the edge of the bed. Let's play." Yeah. Again. You'd be like, "Oh, oh, oh! Everybody, come in the room. Everybody, come in." Check this out. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for listening to another episode. If you enjoyed this one, please share it with a friend. You can find us on iTunes. Stitcher, Google Play, any place that you can find your favorite podcasts. And you can also find us on Facebook, where we have a page there. Like us, share us, discuss this film and any other films you'd like us to see as well. We really love hearing your feedback. We really all love responding with you. Until next week, I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. With two guys and a chainsaw. Ah, ah.